Hey, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Woodstock City Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download the Woodstock City Church app where you can access all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around Woodstock City Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. So about 700 years before the first Christmas, about 700 years before Joseph and Mary made that long trek to Bethlehem from Nazareth because Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census be taken so everybody had to go back to their hometown, about 700 years before there was no room left in the inn in Bethlehem, which 100% had to be Joseph's fault. About 700 years before Mary gave birth to Jesus, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6, he prophesied this about this Savior that was to be born. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. The stature of this son, of this king that will be born, will be mighty and will be great. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. That his teaching and his understanding will transcend all human teaching and understanding. He will be called Mighty God. That he won't just be like a God. He will be God, fully capable of doing all that God can do because he will be mighty God. He will be called everlasting father. Though he will be powerful, he will also be personal, loving, compassionate, here to offer the world relationship, not just another religion. And he will be called prince of peace. That he will come to make peace between humanity and God. And as a result of anyone that chooses to follow this king will have to live and learn to live at peace and in peace with other people. And of the greatness of his government, Isaiah prophesied, of the greatness of his rule and of his reign and peace, there will be no end. He will reign forever. This king does not and will not have a term limit. And while you read through the gospels about Jesus, um, no one calls him these names. What Isaiah was doing with these names was he was telling them, communicating today, prophesying about what this king would be like. Isaiah's prophecy talks about the nature of this king, that he will be fully God. He speaks to the character of this king that is to come. He will be good and excellent. And he speaks of the status of this king. And he makes clear his place in the order of all creation is at the top. And this king, this king is the king of the highest order. This would be the king of all kings, an unrivaled king, not an ordinary king, a king of the likes that this world has never seen before. In this prophecy, the government will be on his shoulders. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. His rule will have no end. This prophecy is surely fit for a king. So then you fast forward 700 years 
to the actual birth of Jesus. Luke documents this for us in Luke chapter 2, the Gospel of Luke. As we mentioned earlier, Mary and Joseph, they make the long trek from Nazareth to Bethlehem, about 70 miles. And Mary was super pregnant. They definitely got in fights the whole way there. (laughs) There's no room at the end, so they resort to a barn. Literal animals are in there. And then the birth of Jesus happens, and Luke documents for us a proclamation of his birth. Chapter 2, verse 8, Luke tells us, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. And this word here comes from the same root word as gospel, euangelion. I bring you good news that will cause, that will result in great joy for all the people. The angel says, today. And again, these shepherds who would have been Jewish, who would have heard about this this prophecy from Isaiah, waiting for this Messiah, this king, this deliverer to come. They would have interpreted today as the time has finally come. Today, the time has finally come in the town of David. A savior has been born. And the angel looks at the shepherds, and this is so personal. A savior has been born to you. And just to be clear, he is the Messiah, the Lord. Today in the town of David, a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, the prince of peace has been born to you. Then the angel looks at these shepherds and the angel says, and this will be a sign to you. This is what you can look for to indicate that this Messiah, this Lord, this mighty God has been born. Here's what you can look for to make sure you found who I'm talking about. It's worth asking like what you would expect to see. Like what would a rightful sign be for such a birth? What would a sign be worthy of the moment that just happened? What would you expect? We don't do the whole king and queen thing here in the United States, okay? Kind of a bummer, personal opinion. So kind of the closest thing that we've got is the royal family in the UK. I don't know if you're like into the whole royal family thing. I I think it's kind of cool, honestly. Don't judge me. Um, I don't like wake up at 4.30 to watch the weddings and stuff, but I find it fascinating. I've been to Windsor Castle and the Crown Jewels, seen the Crown Jewels and all that. Really, really... Fascinating stuff. And, and whenever a royal is born, anybody connected to the royal family, whenever a royal is born, it's a spectacle. And they make sure that everybody knows about it. When a royal is born, flags are raised all across the UK. When, when a royal is born, the sitting king or queen, they are the first to find out. The parents, but then it's the king or the queen. They find out before the grandparents or any other relatives, they hear about it first. 
Landmarks across England, Trafalgar Square and the London Eye, that big white Ferris wheel there in London, they're lit up to celebrate. And then from the Tower of London, there's a 62-shot salute, gunshot salute. It takes 10 minutes to get through it all. Everybody knows it is a celebration. It is a sign indicating something significant has happened. Surely fit for a royal. Angel looks at the shepherds and says, hey, this will be a sign to you that this king has been born. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. A manger, a manger is a literal feeding trough for animals. We've dressed up the manger. We've made it look like something you can buy at Pottery Barn. (laughs) That crib is so cute. Where'd you get it? It's a manger. Animals literally ate out of it, eat out of it. I bet you Joseph had to scoop feed out of that thing in order to place this newly born Jesus in it. No palace, no flags, no gunshot salute. A Messiah, the Messiah lying in a manger. And the first to find out, no royal No king, no queen, shepherds. Not the most glamorous of jobs in the first century, the shepherds. Not an elite, certainly not a royal, the lowly humble that Jesus ultimately came for. Jesus was born an unlikely king. He came into this world in an unlikely way for such a king. And Isaiah prophesied about his nature. He'd be God. He prophesied about his character. He'd be good. He prophesied about his status to make sure we knew his order in all creation. And you know this about relational dynamics, that in relational dynamics, the one with the status is the one that dictates how the relationship goes. They dictate, the one with the status, if you have a boss or if you've ever met like a famous person, they dictate the scope of the relationship. Here is this king with the status. The way in which Jesus was born communicates something else to us. The posture with which this king would rule and reign. The humility with which Jesus entered the world would foreshadow his heart for the world and the type of king that he would be for the world. He came down from the skybox of heaven and lowered himself into the realm of humanity. The gospel writer John puts it this way, that the word, the word, the eternal logos of God became flesh and he made his dwelling among lowly humans. John goes on to say that we have seen his glory The glory of the one and only son. This was no ordinary person. I'm just telling you, this was God who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John, if he was here, would tell you, I'm just telling you, I saw the glory. I was an eyewitness to this. I was an eyewitness to him. I saw the glory and the honor and the splendor of his life, of his teaching, of his wisdom, of his ministry, 
of his death and ultimate resurrection, I'm just telling you, I saw it and it was unlike any other glory. It was unlike any other king. It was unlike anything I've ever seen before, John would say. And this king, this king full of all glory, made his dwelling among us. This king came down in order to come close. Matthew puts it this way, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This king would come down to be with. Jesus, who was more of a king than any other king, came to interact with his people like no other king. Come on. What king would leave his throne? What king, what king would join his people in their mess? What king would subject himself to the limitations of his people? What king would give up his life willingly for his people? What king would give up his life for people that wanted to take his life and ultimately did. A different kind of king, a God king, a savior king. And Christmas, Christmas is when we celebrate the miraculous reality that the king of kings has made himself available accessible and approachable to you and to me and to your neighbor, to your kids, to your coworkers, to your mom and to your dad, to your family member that nobody sees much hope for to those that are far from God, to sinners like you and sinners like me, to the broken and to the hurting and to the ashamed. He made himself available and accessible and approachable to the outsider, to the marginalized. He made himself available and accessible and approachable to those that we've self-righteously placed in a category below our own. He made himself available and accessible and approachable to the world. This king was different. Jesus, born an unlikely king, Proved to be unlike any other king. A king who came toward the mess of the world. A king that isn't afraid of your mess or mine. A king full of grace and truth. A king born to die and a king that rose again. A king worthy of our praise a king worthy of our surrender, a king worthy of far following, a king worthy of it all, a king unlike any other king. So this Christmas, 
What is your response to that king? To the one who has made himself available, accessible, and approachable to you and to all within your spheres and circle of influence. To the one full of grace that forgives and full of the truth that convicts and guides. To the one who gives us hope. To the king that shines in the darkness. What is your response to the king that came to lay his life down for your sins and for mine and rose again, defeating the power of sin and death so that we could live free, full, and forever? What is your response to Jesus, born an unlikely king that proved to be, for your sake and for mine, unlike any? The invitation to follow, the invitation to surrender, the invitation to reorient, the invitation to remind your heart that so easily drifts away of his goodness, of his grace, of the fact that he came close and that he invites you to follow is available to you. So today we remember, this is no ordinary king. This is a king unlike any other king that came to do for his people and to interact for his people, for you and for me in a way no other king ever would. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his grace. And thank you that by Jesus we have grace. Thank you that through Jesus we have a hope to anchor our hearts to no matter what we're walking through or what's in front of us. Thank you that he came close to shine in the darkness. May you give us new eyes today to see Jesus for the king that he is. May you give us the courage to follow. Thank you for your love that you demonstrated through him. Today we remember that. Today we celebrate that. Today we are so, so grateful that a king like no other king came so close. And it is in King Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.